0: Please select your player. New player, Tim, has joined the game. A wild. Dave emerges. Ben rolls a d20. But only gets one. Australia's greatest podcast. Said no person. Ever.
1: Welcome Welcome to to Another another dungeon. Dungeon. Hey, that was my line. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 45 of the Another Dungeon podcast. Joining me this week is Dave. Hello. A giant bottle of vodka. And Ben.
2: With my giant bottle of Smarties. Oh, it's a tube of Smarties. Why do people eat Smarties? Um, because like the poor my mum is apologising because she left a dog at home today and the dog went missing and I had to go find the dog and I found the dog and she made a giant <laughs> thing
0: of Smarties. So why did she punish you for finding the dog? Um, That's a good point. I guess they don't make mini M&Ms this big. So I think
2: you should throw the <laughs> tub back in her face and say, "I want M and M's." Well, I'm thinking I can Be buy one of those. O'Neil. I'm thinking I can buy one of those Humpty Dumpty Easter eggs still and eat the beans out of that, then fill them up, then eat the beans, then fill it up, then eat the beans. You could do that, yes.
1: You could. Oh, that's vodka. Uh, not vodka. It's whiskey, is it?
0: Oh, you're talking brown. about my bottle. I thought you had a bottle yeah. of vodka. No, mine's right. mine's like. Didn't even make it to the shelf, shelf, scotch. Oh. So, does
1: that mean it's good?
0: That means it it's was. crap. Is white it's label the opposite nice. of black label? Is it cheaper than Johnny Walker Red? It's about 20 bucks a bottle. Damn, Ooh, it is cheaper. Cheap. Mm. It's tasty though. Hmm. is
1: this what happens when you're unemployed <laughs> you want a $20
0: bottle of whiskey I
2: yep. think, I think and, the and haircut the- is what happens when he's unemployed
0: yeah, can't afford a yeah. beard anymore either <laughs> can't can't afford the beard oil that's to
2: go, man came and took it <laughs> uh,
1: um, we're not talking about whiskey and Smarties this week, are we? no, uh, Whiskey Simulator won't be out till 2018 so it's a while off release I think
2: you could just pull that feature from GTA and try and make a game out of it, I guess. Mm. That th- we should talk about I that don't... one topic, like drunk mechanics in video games. Cuz I don't think any well, games done with it VR, well. with VR mm. I think that they could possibly do a lot better. That's the
1: future. I mean, your play space would have to be bigger. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the future. The future of all
2: gaming is VR. No, no, no. And drunk your, simulators. Your player space doesn't have to be bigger. It just has to come with a whole bunch of like leftover rock band guitar hero equipment, and you set that up around the room <laughs> in the play area, and you get points for how much of that you smash while in the drunk simulator.
1: Okay. But the joke's on you because you have to actually pay for replacement. Yeah, just like
0: real life drunken vendors. <laughs> <laughs> replacement. Would you believe I actually just put out for hard rubbish... Two drum kits and about four guitars recently. Oh no! What?
1: Why didn't you tell us? What about the revival? I, I posted on in Facebook twenty twenty
0: the twenty twenty rock band seven revival. Then I'll Where buy. Am i gonna get. I'll buy the modern connection retro themed guitar. <laughs> <laughs> See,
2: <laughs> the Beatles rock band remaster with
0: deals. Oh, that was that was great. <laughs> I liked Beatles rock band and Green Day rock band <laughs> and ACDC rock band. There's a, a better. It time. seems
1: like a game. It seems like a game where they didn't need to release separate versions. It could have just been a fifty dollar DLC. That's licensing, it's licensing the game.
2: Though. You're paying for the brand. Yeah,
0: but you yeah, actually you had to pay a... for it. But yeah, but with the Beatles one, for example, it was like sure it used the same core engine, but it had unique artwork. It had a unique yeah. theme. It pl- followed the story of their Custom film clips rise the to songs. greatness. It, yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah, and they had okay. a whole bunch of um, trivia and stuff that you unlocked as you played, original photos. It's really cool. They, they threw a lot of content in there to make it worth the price tag, I reckon.
1: Yeah, well, I never played it, so I only ever bought the Core ones and a few songs off the store, but... Anyway, do you reckon VR is the future of Rock Band? They'll try, nope. but I doubt it'll succeed. <laughs> Guitar <think> Hero <laughs> Live was interesting with the whole live crowd experience. Um, moving that to VR would be the next logical step, but whether it's enough to revive a genre, I guess.
0: I don't think it'll revive I... the genre, but I think it's a wise step. It can't hurt it. Like I
1: don't think we need to revive the genre, because... Um, We can now get Prap of the Rapper remastered, can't we? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah. That
2: apparently controls as terribly as it does back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, that game is hard. I sat down to play the sequel not too long ago. I thought it'd be a walk in the park. It isn't. You have to press a lot of buttons very quickly. It's hard. I think Mm. I was listening to a couple of guys talk about it, and they're
1: like, back then the control scheme was clunky, but I guess you didn't notice it (laughs) because it was one of the first rhythm, but going back to it now, it's... (laughs) Actually, difficult to play because it's so clunky. Yeah, I saw um one YouTube channel did um an unboxing of a press kit thing they got, mm-hmm. which was a build your own onion master. <laughs> Basically, they just sent them <laughs> an onion. <laughs> they sent them an onion the- and a black bit of felt, gear. and they're like, draw draw on <laughs> the face and stick the felt everywhere. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yours for only, only
2: thirty dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <coughs> uh, uh yeah. I actually played Rock Band on the weekend for the first time Whoa. in a time. Which I was one? At the Beta Bar, and drunk. Um, I don't know. Whatever they had playing, more recent one. That's hard Ooh. to tell. Cool the story. three and four? Four. is the most recent. Did they change? Three. Yeah, they didn't make that many changes, so it's hard to tell the difference between. Four and had
0: the a... um. Four had the buttons on the the two sides of the guitar, didn't it? No, it was Guitar Hero Live. Oh, okay. Where it had three black, three white, you're talking? top. And no, bottom. I thought one of them had, like, inside of the neck and outside of the neck. Uh, yeah, it
2: could be.
1: I don't know. You threw all yours out, so what would you know? <laughs> I just threw them all out.
2: <laughs> he kept his favorite one. He sits there and plays and remembers the old days.
0: I'll Summer of 2009.
1: <laughs> that was oh. the one with the touchpad up the top, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, there. No, yeah, the slidey thing never yeah. worked
1: properly. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: worked alright.
1: <laughs> did um, did, have you bought the rhythm game on Switch? No,
2: it's some crazy. Japanese. Sorry, my headphone no, just fell out. Ah. is I this actually the... a topic? No, no, we have wasted everybody's time.
1: Wow, so this as is just as me we do, intro as we do every week. <laughs> I've already forgotten what the topic. Well, what's the topic, Tim? Well, what? No, hang on. I actually finished a game. Oh, so <laughs> so it's the weekly <sighs> game review. It is funny because <laughs> I never finish <laughs> games. Um, I've been trying to push my way through Andromeda, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm playing uh, it in Hang on,
0: don't open that. But <laughs> we're not.
2: We've already opened. Yeah, we talked about it last week, and I was um, actually I was very nice in hindsight. Very I pushed too nice.
0: I pushed through
1: Ghost Leak on Wild Man's. Yep. Um, and I only say push through because I didn't realize how much I had left to do. Oh. Um, it's <laughs> quite quite a lengthy game, which was good. Um, did you play with a friend? Some, the first part I did and then I got sick of waiting. Oh. So I pushed on by myself. Um, it got easy enough. Um, they they've patched a few things like it used to be helicopters were no threat you know you hit them with two sniper shots and they're down now they've nerfed that a little bit so it's now the helicopters you know, a little drop bit more dangerous
2: dogs.
1: yeah with rocket launchers on the attack mm. dogs and lasers um the main story yeah it's all right like for a tactical shooter it's what you expect i don't expect anything amazing um the story missions were varied enough i guess you know, the fatigue of most open-world games is the mission types are all the same. Mm-hmm. They did mix it up a bit, which was good, um, especially when you took down the leaders. But, I don't know, it's, it seems pretty limited what you can do in an open-world shooter. Um, nothing crazy creative, but enough to keep you interested. So, I thought it was good. I'd buy it. Would play again. Um, Better than The, the Division? I- yeah okay you can't compare them yeah they're not they're not the same game type um and the division was yeah not very good. So. <laughs> I want a new Vegas style game, yeah, they kind of moved away from that, like siege was supposed to be the next step until they turned it into a competitive online only really mm. kind of game, so but that cooperative
0: um uh, more strategic approach that was really good.
1: It was. Both I, of those I played games through good actually. Yeah. I reckon I played that through about three or four times, a couple of times with a mate, and then a couple of times by myself. I really enjoyed the Vegas style games, but I don't know. Ubisoft seemed to be. Ubisoft. Yeah, Ubisoft, <laughs> that's a good summary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, a lot of. And it's just, I guess, the industry itself. But a lot of it's risk-averse. Like, Oh, yeah. You know... Everyone talks they, about um, that. Yeah, people talk about Microsoft, and, you know, you look through their exclusives, a lot of them They've are been existing... Mm. Well, apart from cancel. Yeah, Scalebound, like, the only new IP that we're going to have, and it's canceled. Yeah, Everything else is a continuation of a series in some form. Mm. Um, Sony's just dealt a massive blow with... Horizon Zero Dawn, which I still haven't played and really want to. Um, But that's got, you know, critically acclaimed reviews everywhere and everyone I've spoken to that's played it loves it. Mm. Um, New IP took a risk. I guess they took their time and did it well. Mm. Um, And Microsoft just seemed to be feeding cash back into the Halo Gears machine, Forza, State of Decay, which is already, yeah, like...
2: What's new? Well, they're making the most powerful console ever. It's got seventy-two hundred thousand gigaflops, and so they need to <laughs> spend all that money on building that instead of on games, because it's power that's important. Well, that's... that's what the everyday gamer wants in their house: is power, raw power, a raw lightning bolt, a console powered by Zeus himself.
1: I don't. I mm. I detect a hint of sarcasm <laughs> in your voice. I think having a powerful console is good, but if sure, the games. On it, yeah.
0: Now I think you hit on it before. They're, the problem is that they just become way too risk-averse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it's always part of the cycle of business, but we seem way too heavy on that at the moment. Mm. Oh, yeah. I even read an article other, where other Nintendo
2: than, were being cautious about risk. They mentioned that in an interview. And so if Nintendo is talking about risk, then no one's safe.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean... I'd Ironically, thing I can, considering, yeah. you know how different Zelda was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they've different. always done that. They've, they've always done their same core games and just gone, mm. right, another Mario Kart, right, another side-scroller Mario. You know? And, and that works. That works for them. Because I guess
1: with Nintendo, they're a little bit different, I guess, because they have characters that people recognise and they don't you know it, it's been long enough that we've seen the same characters in a different game that you just like what like if it's a Mario first person shooter I'll still buy it it's it's Nintendo I've played
2: and it's that Mario. it's pretty good <laughs> on Super Nintendo Yoshi you know, is But the Safari. thing is
0: right with so perfect example splatoon right mm-hmm. Nintendo's first person shooter for all arguable it's not time. well you know what i mean isn't it <laughs> It's third, isn't it? It's third person. I, mean, but I, like, play it's, like I can't remember. PS, like it's, it's a shooter. Anyway. It's a shooter, it's and it was their first sort of shooter game. But the thing with Nintendo is usually usually they're pretty spot on, and the stuff they put their brand name on, you can, you know you can rely on that, uh, which is going completely off the topic, if that was the topic. Um, <laughs> what was the topic? It's this now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is Dave taking a risk at not paying
0: off. Risk adverse. That's what I was saying. How, the, how the much of is that bottle had you, you drunk take, tonight? If you take it... As a business, if you take a risk, it'll either pay off or it won't. Yeah. And the yeah. chances of it paying off really well versus releasing another Assassin's Creed where you've got a guarantee... That, the point I was trying to get to before is that these companies like Ubisoft and Microsoft... <clears throat> have enough of a baseline income with their stuff that they should be encouraging and pushing the genre and taking large... They've got enough baseline to take that risk and go for something new. I can understand smaller companies not doing it, but those big guys, um,
1: It's just... It's kind of the opposite. Like, they've got shareholders they need to please, they need to make a baseline amount of money. But they can still the make a smaller- baseline with the other... Uh, Yeah, but the smaller guys to break into the market need to separate themselves
2: a little bit. So they seem to Mm. be the ones taking the risk a bit more. I think also, big companies buy them out. They like blew themselves up by becoming these big international companies. So you've got different headquarters around the globe working in different parts of the game. I think it does lose cohesion, even uh, with the risk factor in the equation.
0: Yeah, I've never understood that whole split studio crap. Mm. Understand that you can work in this industry, in particular, uh, being so digital. You can you can work with conferencing like we are now, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But well, I, I don't, don't understand why you would give your D team Mass Effect. That just doesn't make any sense, business to
2: me.
1: Went yeah. back to Mass Effect. <laughs> it all comes back to Mass Effect. I don't know. I thought. Not that I played a huge amount of Splatoon, but I actually really enjoyed what I did oh, play. it's top notch. Um, and and I think that they, like you said, Nintendo don't put their name on something that they're not confident on. And I think they got a pretty good mm. crowd. Mm. And they made a pretty kid-friendly shooter. As kid-friendly as you can make a shooter, I guess. Um, it's
0: pretty kid-friendly. It's a pain. yeah.
1: Paint game. It's paint, and the mechanics in it are slightly different to your normal shooters, so they did they did a lot of good things with it. Um, yeah. But anyway, have you played anything apart from Guild Wars?
0: No, mainly just phone games and Guild Wars, and tabletop games. Aside from no, that, we not don't, much really. We're going to talk about tabletop here. Since not working, I've played surprisingly few video games. <laughs> wow. Doesn't make sense.
2: What about you, Ben?
0: I've been playing
2: Persona 5. (laughs) Oh, no. So, for those those of
1: you that are audio-only listeners, he has some shiny version of Persona 5. What is
2: it? End and erection. Persona 5 is is a dating sim where you break into people's hearts (laughs) and steal their hearts. Um it's, it's pretty cool. You play these edgy Japanese teenagers living in Tokyo. Uh, they discover they can use an application on their phone to go to another dimension, which is all based around Carl Jung psychology, um, and you break into people's like, mental scapes and steal their hearts, which then stops them being corrupt in the real world. Um, so, it's pretty Wait, so you actually steal their hearts? Yeah, literally and figuratively. Um hey, right. literally
0: or figuratively?
2: Yeah, Both. Both. you're doing <laughs> it, it in the metaverse? Both. No, it is. You're doing it as like a metaphor in the metaverse, and then you're also doing it in real life, or the other way around. So, um, so they die? No, they can, they will die, or well, they'll become brain dead if you screw up. But if you, you pull off the heist correctly, they'll turn from being a rapist into an everyday good person. And then Wait, so can you screw Because up? you've
0: stolen their heart.
2: Yeah. It makes much more sense if you play the game. Um, but <laughs> can that's, you, can that's you the actually, Can you actually... Can you actually screw up? Um, I mean, you can get a game over if you time your days. So, th- so the way Persona works is you have to decide how to spend your time. Um, you can get a job selling stuff. You can go to school and study for exams. Or you can spend your time in dungeons uh, doing stuff. And uh, if you don't complete the dungeon before a certain date as the time moves, um, then you fail and you get a game over and have to go back to a previous save. Um, so you, that's part of the strategy is working at when should I do this event? Um, you also level up your abilities by building relationships with people, um, and friendships that you meet at places like your job and at school. Um, so it's worth investing in social events and people, um, as well as moving the story along. Um, it's all kind of a balance that makes you feel like you're
0: really living in a busy crowded Japan. So is it the same sort of format as the previous ones? Because I've played three and four. Um, it's pretty similar to four um, with a
2: few tweaks to the mechanics. Um, so randomized dungeons are gone. Uh, dungeons have much more form and there's like a save point on each floor. Um, so it's not as brutal or as punishing. You don't have to leave a dungeon completely midway, mm. um, which I like um, because it was just a bit too brutal having to complete a whole 10 floor dungeon in one sitting. Um It's a lot more stylish now. Um, The places you're robbing aren't like empty voids. It's fully like a museum with guards crawling around. There's a stealth kind of mechanic where you sneak up on the enemies to get the ambush on them uh, rather than kind of like a random monster appears. Um, And combat um, is pretty similar. You're still working on finding an enemy's weakness. um, But if you manage to down all the enemies with your abilities uh, using the right weaknesses, um, then you can interrogate the enemies. You hold them up at gunpoint. Um, you can convince them to join <laughs> your team Or you can destroy them um, It's pretty fun okay. um, it, it's, it's just a game that uh, it covers dark themes But in a very silly way It's a very enjoyable experience um, would recommend the Persona series If people haven't checked it out before um, But if is you have so played it and don't like point? it um, Yeah, well each Persona game Is pretty standalone um, Very loosely connected yeah. Yeah. yeah, not from a mechanics Point of view Story wise as well it's They're a very loosely connected story Okay
0: Problem I have with the Persona games Is the same problem I have with the Tales games They get to a point where I've just had enough playing Enough playing the game And that's usually why I stop playing Yeah I finished Um, 3 and 4 but I went well past the point Where I was like yeah look I've had enough of this Trying to study enough to pass exams And be best friends with my sister While at night time I'm fighting monsters you know in kick-ass dungeons with my friends
2: (laughs) it's it's very much that same kind of theme different kind of characters and and setting and stuff um but yeah if you're sick of the high school setting you'll be sick of it in this one um but Mm. the dungeons are much more interesting improved on nearly every level um and that's the part that used to lose me so i'm quite enjoying it uh you definitely feel badass sneaking around and and stealing people's hearts
1: it sounds like an interesting concept and it's hard to get a grasp of what, so from an outsider's perspective, because I never played one, it's hard to get a grasp of what Persona's actually like. Yeah. You know, watching any promotional or screenshots or anything like that, it's, from what I understand, it's very different. <laughs> mm.
0: Well, the previous games are sort of split up into two things. So during your day, it's like a um, social simulation. So yeah. So you're going to school, you're chatting with friends, you're doing going shopping you're eating food you're doing all this to, to sort of buff your social skills and then at night time you're choosing to either study or sleep or go and fight in dungeons which were always sort of this metaphorical area that is just a whole base a bunch of turn-based combat <laughs> yeah and
1: that,
0: that would be my summary
1: that probably loses me too, the turn-based stuff.
2: Well, so I think Persona does turn-based a lot better than other JRPGs. It's very quick-paced. Uh, you can go in and out of combat very quick. Um, it's very stylish. Animations are really good. Characters talk. Even the enemies are talking in this one. Um, the enemies oh, are voice wow. acting. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty. It's pretty cool. It keeps you pretty engaged. Um, it. I don't know. In Persona Four, it got a bit draining at the very end of the game because enemies are like pretty lethal and brutal. But so far, I'm up to the second dungeon in Persona 5. It's, it's really cruisy, really enjoyable. Um, yeah. Good. That's the Persona for casuals. Uh, well, no, because there's an intense difficulty, and if you die, it deletes the save data.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, the other Personas always had... um, What did they have? Very easy, easy, normal, hard, and very hard, right? Yeah. So if you wanted to just blitz through the combat, you could always chuck it on very easy, and then you'd have mm. to worry about the combat at all.
2: Yeah. yeah
1: Interesting
0: So Did we talk about
1: The John JonTron thing? I think we didn't Oh we don't need to talk about JonTron <laughs> Why not? I know. He's a
0: YouTuber I I'm pretty certain we touched on it at some point Or or you guys did Or one that I listened to Do you listen to the podcast? Yeah Oh no, we have two
2: fans one, Randall you have company
0: No no wow. I'm not a fan I just listen oh, to it Oh you're just a
1: okay, fan <laughs> Out of compulsion Um <laughs> So, on the back of that, Ukulele has been released now, mm-hmm. and it's a very mixed bag of reviews. Oh, yeah. I I was kind of considering picking it up because I love Banjo Kazooie as a kid, mm-hmm. but it's hard to get a gauge of where the game is yeah. actually at. Um, I believe you have spent a little bit
2: of time playing the game yeah well i i backed the kickstarter um i played the game um this is not the version i backed i'm gonna wait for the switch version but i bought another copy just to give it a go because the switch is indefinite um it's good but it i don't think it succeeds banjo kazooie it, it may succeed banjo kazooie but it definitely doesn't succeed banjo Tui, which is the one everyone remembers Really? Yeah. So, I'm a big fan of 3D platformers. Um, I like moving around a game world and having your buttons correlate to specifically a character's actions rather than a game where you navigate menus um, and stuff like that. Um, I like there to be as little metaphors as possible. So, I really enjoy playing as uh, Ukulele. They're two really well designed characters. Um, Their movesets are really fun. You can roll around up hills, you can bounce around. Uh, It's very classic feeling. Um, Where I think the game feels different to Banjo-Tooie comes down to polish. Um, And I think Banjo-Tooie and Banjo-Kazooie were a lot more polished for two reasons. One, they were a lot more limited back then in terms of what could actually go into the Nintendo Nintendo 64 cartridge. So things had to be really compressed and and areas really had to be worked out and developed really well. Um, assets had to be all handmade. Um, and, um, oh, what was my other point going to be? Um, the other thing is, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they don't have Nintendo's quality of seal or they, they're not as big a team as Rare was. Like Rare was a triple A game company back then, equivalent to what like EA or Bioware would be today. Um, but this is like a, a fan project by the group. They were able to put back together from the Kickstarter funds. So assets right. are kind of reused. It, it, it kind of you can tell it's a game made in Unity. Um, levels aren't quite as complex. They're a little bit more flat than the past. Uh, theming of areas is not as passionate or as uh, fluid. Um, and Whilst the game isn't bad, it's completely playable. I haven't found any like gameplay bugs
0: or anything. It just doesn't <laughs> There's feel... high praise. This game is playable.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's, just, it's, it's a great game, but it just doesn't feel as high polish. Like, Banjo-Tooie and Banjo-Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64, they all have really high legacies to live up to. Because these are the games that were the Nintendo 64 era. Um, and this game definitely throws back to a lot of those things and recreates a lot of stuff. There's a lot of jerks. Um, there was a tie-in rap like the DK64 rap. Um, there's oh. <laughs> quizzes like in Banjo-Kazooie. But nothing seems to succeed or evolve that gameplay very much. Um, one new mechanic is you can increase levels um, as well as unlock levels. So levels are in books, and you can put the pages, that like the jiggies you collect, into the book, and it gets bigger, and there's like three stages of the level. But that doesn't really enhance gameplay. If anything, that's more annoying because you don't know where things are until you've gone into the world multiple times. Um, the worlds are pretty big but some of the objectives like in banjo Tui, every objective there was a character you met and the character was themed to match the world and they talked yeah. and were interesting. This has really fun characters with funny voices but they're not necessarily themed to level. Some objectives are just like there's a pagey and a cagey and you've got to hit a switch, and it's just a little corner pocket switch, and that's it. That unlocks the cage. Like, it's very much... This is a mechanic we have, Dragon Drop put that in the world. This is a mechanic we have, Dragon Drop put it in the world. Rather than the handmade, crafted Nintendo 64 era of, we have to decide what goes in the level, let's spend a day making this part of the level, now this part. It's, well, it's modern game design.
1: I never played Bando Two, I only played Kazooie, and from what I remember... Um, the levels were massive. You know, sometimes I don't know if Tui was the one that bought in characters for every jigsaw piece, but from what I remember of Banjo Kazooie, half the time you're figuring out where you need to go, what you need to do. You know, you'd spend half an hour, an hour in each level, trying yeah. to find everything and trying to figure stuff out. And um, is there different abilities that you unlock in ukulele sir there's this guy eggs
2: out of his mouth there's a guy called trouser um he's a snake wearing pants trouser snake it's pretty funny um he sells you abilities um and the difference is you can buy each level has like three abilities you can buy them in any order um and then yeah. go in whatever direction you want. Um, so the game is, a lot of time is spent looking around. Can I do this objective? Yes or no? Trying to make a visual memory map of, of where things are to come back to them later if you can't. Um, there's a hub world that's fun to explore. Um, I really missed hub worlds in games. Um, so I really like that part. Um, but yeah, there's something about it being made in Unity and not tailor-made. I can tell mechanics are clunky some puzzles they try to put a little bit of like physics into it and the physics aren't quite refined enough um but it's very yeah. good one of the yeah one of the
1: criticisms that uh a few people have been saying is the controls aren't tight yeah like they'll they'll be responsive at one point and then in another section you know you end up just running off ledges because they don't respond to what you've told them to do um the recycled characters was a thing there was one in particular like a talking signboard or something yeah that seems to (laughs) pop up everywhere Mm -hmm. um and and exactly what you were saying uh the characters don't seem to fit the world they look like they've just been plopped in yeah um i don't know i don't there's too many negatives that i've heard that will put me off probably ever getting it i don't know I might well, watch a bit more
2: actual the, gameplay. And the game is thirty bucks. For thirty bucks, you're definitely getting your money's worth. You're getting hours of entertainment, levels, a fun gameplay is fine. It's it's, it's fifty, I think. Oh, is it? I thought Steam had oh, it for thirty. Um, thirty US dollars. It's it's forty that's, for a PS4 physical release in Australia at JB. Yeah, it's not full TV. price. No. So is the for point. for an indie Kickstarter game, it's worth it. It's just I think well, it actually this, got.
1: It actually got released, so that's the one step above most in history. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Oh, the other thing,
2: Kingdom Come (laughs) Deliverance, I still (laughs) haven't got a copy of. Um, The other thing that um, I think was disappointing was I think they did bite off more than they could chew with content. So they promised a like two player co op mode. The two player co op mode is second player controls like an on screen cursor of bees, and they can just like click on like two things and interacted with that. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a bit disappointing. I mean, that wasn't a main feature of the game, but if you're going to promise a stretch goal, I think people were expecting a bit more than that. Don't half ass it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know what it was. I'd like for them to talk a bit more about it and be honest and be like, oh, we were only a team of so, like, this many guys and could only do this. Um, have they been radio silent since launch, or...? Uh, well, I don't know. The JonTron controversy kind of <laughs> took over a lot of the noise and then I think they played it safe. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. The sound design's really good. Uh, the sound effects are hilarious. Um, music is really good. Um, very nostalgic feeling. Um, See, I've heard that even the music is inconsistent where it'll be
1: really good in some places and then boring or
2: not fitting in others. Yeah. I can see that. Uh-huh. I guess. Sound design. I think as a whole one of the one of
1: yeah, one of the I think one of the examples I had is, you know, running through the level the the music is nice and then when it got to a is there a certain area or like a boss battle or something, and they're like it just started blasting you know, loud, obnoxious music and mm. like it just doesn't fit with what you know, everything leading up to that point was. So I don't know. Sometimes it can be nitpicking and I guess The hard thing with something like this is do you judge it by today's standards or do you judge it against what they were trying to achieve, which was
0: Banjo-Kazooie? Today's standards. um. (laughs) Today's (laughs) standards, 100%. I've I've got very strong feelings about nostalgia games. The the new ToeJam & Earl, the Banjo-Kazooie, all the other stuff they talk about. What about the new Uh, Ratchet & Clank?
1: That well, they've kept, kept
0: making what the remake of the old. Hang on, we'll get on to that in a sec. One thing that worried me about what Ben said was that he put the caveat for an indie developed Kickstarter game. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Right now, the anytime you're starting something with that, that's a bad sign for starters. Yeah. You, I, I prefer to judge a game based on its own merits. And these sorts of games generally feel to me that they're using an old game to get interest to begin with and they're going to go down one of a few routes um one they're going to try and make it true to the original which anyone who's played modern games who plays the original and i'm a fan of the original but i don't think they're a great controlling game by any means they were definitely the best that Nintendo 64 had to offer. Hell, Mario 64 is still one of my favourite games. Mm-hmm. But the camera and the controls in that were pretty shitty. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Compared can interrupt to interrupt
1: for a sec? Hmm? Did you
0: play the Rare Replay re-release of Banjo-Kazooie and all that? Nah. I okay. I got it and I downloaded it and I just never got around to playing it. The Xbox, so oh, that's, oh, that's right, I, ran out, of, I ran out of room on my Xbox hard drive because yeah. it... Downloads everything. Everything, yeah.
1: So you, your memories of Banjo Kazooie are from the sixty four itself.
0: Well, I played well that and about a year and a half, two years ago, when I set up my emulator arcade. Yeah. And I got a, a USB Nintendo sixty four controller. Oh, I replayed cool. it on an emulator then. <laughs> um, that's when I replayed. I replayed the first half of Banjo, Tui or Kazooie. I can't remember one of them. Yeah, um, and I replayed all of uh, Super Mario sixty four. Um, but anyway, um, I mean they're a hard thing to judge because what they did was they took the controls that they had. They they did nail some of the controls, like the feel of Mario running, ducking, doing a backflip. Mm. You know, you backflip into a painting, all this sort of stuff. All that was it was really uh, nice. Anyway, back onto the the nostalgia thing. The second someone makes a game this late and it's not the same team or it's bits of a team that have got together and they're doing it on Kickstarter, it's changed it into a different beast. Yeah. Um, Kickstarter, for starters, has stretch goals, which means that they're already. They're already using their customers as. How do I word this? Kickstarter projects, I find, give a lot of. use their customers as sort of a, a quantifier for success. Yeah. So they offer all these stretch goals and stuff that they might not necessarily intend to have in the game or in some cases it's stuff that you you go, well, that's a good idea. Why isn't it in the game? Why is it a stretch goal? Especially in video games, quite often there's not any mm. reason for it. Um, anyway, Sometimes there is and sometimes... There, like
1: if, the, if one of your stretch goals is multiplayer, it's quite different from what I understand a program multiplayer business oh, yeah. so that, that yeah. makes sense and, but when you say we'll, because if you're we'll add a new habits, character in and you're like well if you've yeah, already got, got one mind. in mind why didn't you add it <laughs> in the first place because we didn't have a million dollars with,
0: yeah. yeah, I guess that applies more with board games than the other because your, your profit doesn't increase that much based on sales but a digital video game it kind of does because anyone who does the digital distribution method doesn't really cost you a great deal to digitally distribute a game. Anyway, yeah. um, the other thing is that, going back to what you originally said, in my mind, if you're doing a sequel to a game today, you need to make a game today that shows the same love and and attention Are we to detail. Sequel mm-hmm. or
1: spiritual successor?
0: What's the difference?
1: A spiritual successor is like ukulele and banjo kazooie. A sequel is like Call of Duty and Call
0: of Duty 2 and
1: then Call of Duty 3.
0: So what's the difference? So one's a
1: continuation of a series and yeah. one's a, a heavy nod/throwback/we
2: slash slash were So a sequel, by, I guess. A sequel will specifically right. reference the mechanics and continuity of a previous game. A spiritual successor will seek to emulate the essence of a previous title. Yeah.
0: Okay. So see, I'm not a big fan of spiritual successes then, obviously. Yeah. And here's here's my best example of that is um the Skylanders. So yep. Spyro the Dragon was an okay game on PlayStation. I really I remember I absolutely loved there was a mechanic in number three, I think, where you could abduct cows. Yep. I really loved that game. I loved I didn't like Jack and Daxter, but I love Ratchet and Clank, um, which you mentioned earlier. Now, those games reached a point. Same with Rayman. Actually, I didn't enjoy the original ones, but anyway, they reached a point, and then at some point, they went and gave it a reboot. In Spyro, it became Skylanders. Rayman. Well, before it became that, it that. was like
2: two other Spyro series, but yeah,
0: yeah, but the yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. They used the characters and everything, and they yep. they reinvented the game. Skylanders um, but,
1: is a vast detachment from.
0: Uh, no, no, no. Like, but here's yep, yes yep, and no. Ignore, yeah, right, no.
1: What I, what well, what I mean is is. You know, Spyro and whatever the hell came after it. I wasn't a PlayStation gamer. You know, they they were all relatively the same sort of action platformers, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, And the then Skylander 3D. is a... Yeah. Sky,
2: Sky, well, Skylander on, is actually it, pretty similar structure to Spyro's 2 and 3's worlds. It's just you didn't linear. have to keep yeah, throwing that, money at
0: it. And that's what I was going to say. So the controls in Spyro were a bit funny, um, as all early PlayStation games were. But the controls yeah. in... So... Skylanders had a similar sort of way of navigating the world etc etc sure they added the portal and adding new characters and new skills and all this but it felt like a modern game it was the same old thing the same old objectives um with a new twist and a new mechanic and it felt like a modern game but it still felt like it was a Spyro game um Rayman Origins yeah they kind of just went back to a (laughs) <laughs> 2D side scroller, so that's a bad example um, Ratchet and Clank, which you mentioned earlier, they remade it, what, last year? The year before? The game based on the movie, based on the game well, The movie was a piece of shit, that was just all the <laughs> cutscenes <laughs> Who the hell? Anyway, um, anyway, that aside um, Ratchet and Clank has been continually uh, releasing games all across the, the past what's it been, 10 years? Yeah. So not not a long enough break for there to be a reboot or a yeah they've been releasing a game every one or two years okay so you had the first three games then you had yeah then there was the first person shooter one which was awesome um and then you had there was oh, one that was only on the Vita four player or, only one there was that DLC quest yeah, for the
2: yeah yeah
0: yep. So they've kept on doing stuff, and then the PS3 came out, and there was, I think, three games on there. Oh, Quest for Booty was the first one that was on PS3, and then there was the the Time one, which had an awesome game make. The first Mm -hmm. Ratchet &
2: Clank game on PS3 was the first video game to cross the threshold and have better
0: graphics than Toy Story 1. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. There you Um, go. But anyway, so Nostalgia is... It's a tricky thing because mm. I want a modern game with new mechanics. I don't want a game that uses that as a selling point. But I'm also mm. not, a, not a big fan of sequels and milking franchises and all that sort of stuff. I tend like, to base my decisions less on fanboy. Um, I guess this also comes from I won't allow a game any leeway uh, based on the fact that it's a sequel or I'm a fan. Can can I offer so another Randall, case study? Can um, I offer a
1: point? Case.
2: Okay,
0: sure. Randall says ahead.
1: that Tools of Destruction was the first PS3 one. Thanks, oh, Rand. Thank you. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> live comments. <laughs> um, so another case study from like Kickstarter nostalgia is I also played Thimbleweed Park recently. Um, finish that. Um, Thimbleweed Park is made by Ron Gilbert and some other guy. Um, Ron Gilbert created Secret of Monkey Island. He has a whole team of veteran LucasArts he's point-and-click adventure game people. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a genius when it comes to game design. Um, and That's so the this X-Files game, video game, yeah, uh, yeah, two characters Monkey are based Island. on uh, whatever yeah. names. <laughs> it looks so and one. Molly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's pretty funny. Um, so this game is a throwback to. Uh, Manic Mansion um, which is a point-and-click game not many people played um, the prequel to Day of the Tentacle which some more people played um, and in the same kind of tone as is Monkey Island um, what's that other one there's one about a biker that just got re-released um, Grim Fandango full throttle
0: a uh, full throttle yeah, yeah. No, Grim Fandango was the, the 3d device. one yeah right, yeah but, like that
2: tone and very comical very self-aware very funny and this Kickstarter specifically set out to recreate that experience of a very funny dialogue, very satisfying puzzles, um, and interesting characters, but with like a much darker, more mysterious tone. Um, the game delivers in recreating that experience. I haven't played a point-and-click adventure game that's mechanically and this good or this funny in a long time. Um, the best jerk in the game is probably they have a library with book titles. And they had this in Monkey Island too, where there's all these book titles. You need one book, but there's like infinite book titles. So you have to know how to look up the book to find the right book. Otherwise, you're wasting your time sitting there reading book titles. But this mm-hmm. time they outsourced to Kickstarter backers and had the Kickstarter backers write the books. So you can sit there and read <laughs> thousands of books about nonsense that wastes your time. Um, one of the books is titled The Secret of Monkey Island, and if you read it, you're in for a treat. Um, but, um, so that's pretty funny. There's a lot of jokes about, uh, Kickstarter, um, video games, point-and-click adventure games. The characters kind of are aware they're in a game. It's very funny. Um, however, the game ends really abruptly because the developers had no end goal in mind. Their whole point of the game project in kickstarter was to make a nostalgic feeling game experience and they didn't really care how it ended they didn't really care um kind of where the story went they just kept adding stuff and building up it's a very funny story very funny characters very engaging was but it doesn't story, go anywhere
0: was the story but that's a kick in the face to the backers
2: well here's the thing the game promised the experience of being that like, it, mm. it, it was worded in a very specific way where I can't be mad at it because it was exactly what it said it was going to be and it's nothing more than that. But at the same time, well, They yeah, said it wasn't going to...
0: The story wasn't con- going to conclude. Uh, I've I
2: got to find the exact wording, I guess. But, um, it, it, they did mention something like the story was not the priority. It was about creating this experience. And, like, for instance, Broken Age, Tim Schafer's crap Kickstarter game, um... That, Is that the one where you played the guy and the girl? Yeah, yeah, and the first part came yeah. out a year before the second part. Um, that game took in mm. way much more money. That game I do not like at all. It barely covers the mechanics of the point-and-click adventure game. The story, whilst completely brand new, just I don't didn't care much about it. I thought it was a big waste of Kickstarter time and money. Um, this game delivered a much better gameplay. It plays exactly like a classic point-and-click adventure game. Um, but. It, story I guess Is good It's worth checking out the story It's very meta, a lot of twists But it, it doesn't resolve
0: anywhere um, so up See until that's the a end bit different so if, so if you're going into it Knowing that This is 100% a nostalgia trip mm. Which is probably going against What I said earlier But exactly. if it's clear that that is what it is Then yeah that's That's alright I guess, but what was the one where Yuka. Ukulele, I Yookulele. guess. Ukulele. Ukulele, I didn't picture to be that. I pictured it to be more of a Skylanders type rebuilding like, This a is, is how Banjo Kazooie
2: should play in 2017.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not that fucking one where you built cars. Uh, uh, oh, like no, gosh, molds. no. Oh, no. <laughs> Except that it had the one thing where you could get your car stuck. If you got your car stuck in a U bend, it had some achievement that was like floater in the U bend or something like that. You can also put a really cool a
2: cow in a volcano, and you get a roast beef achievement. Um, Well, I I read an interesting comment about ukulele. Was the levels are really big, and so someone commented and said. I wonder if this is how Nuts and Bolts started. They started building the levels bigger and bigger and more of the top, and then it was a hassle to walk between objectives, and so they invented cars and experimented with that gameplay, and that unfolded Mm. into Nuts and Bolts. So I guess like the 3D platformer genre is tested by... We have mega open-world games now. We have other styles of gameplay that subtract from the specifically control character. um, Does the knowledge of... These new kinds of gameplay inhibit someone's ability to make a 3D platformer um, stay focused, uh, keep it small and manageable.
0: Um, I don't think cool so. Yeah, I think the level of care that people show. Have a look at. Um, okay, okay Legend, legend, legend of Zelda. Legend was well, the Legend of Zelda, isn't? Um, I don't enjoy the amount of running around in that game, mm-hmm. but I do really appreciate the way they have turn the way you navigate the world and the way you solve puzzles and do quests and all that sort of stuff they they really rejig that whole thing while maintaining the feel of the original mm.
2: See, Breath of the Wild is nearly feels like how a modern day 3D platformer should play uh, mm. in that you can climb it, everything, you can set your own playground area of the, the sandbox
0: world to play in um, do you remember those things though that came out before it came out and it had like a map showing the original Legend of Zelda and then another game and then Skyrim I uh, do and, that and with Breath every a GTA and yeah. yeah yeah that just annoys me because I remember especially <laughs> in GTA 3 was that the one with Samuel L. Jackson in it? I think that was it San Andreas I think it was no that's not GTA anyway, San bored. Andreas
1: yeah San Andreas is GTA San Andreas
0: Oh, it's not a number. Technically five. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, that was one of those games where I first sort of that in Skyrim and Oblivion, where I got I started getting sick of just massive worlds. Um. Anyway. So this goes back topic. to what
1: I was gonna say before: is open worlds Shoot. can suffer the same thing. Size doesn't mean fuck. <laughs> size doesn't Size. <laughs> size... <laughs> it's. <laughs> You can make a big world, but you can make a big empty world, or you can yes, make a big yeah, exactly. world with a lot to do in it. Yep. So GTA and right is a route
0: to where, yeah. yeah, and this flicks back. Well, GTA actually had a lot of stuff in it, but it was content GTA to populate f- the world. Whereas what But's, Ben was uh, saying at the start of all this about Banjo Kazooie, yeah, was that it was a meticulously detailed world. It might not have had all the mechanics um, and and the size of other games, but every single part. Was well crafted to give you a decent experience.
1: Yeah, and that that can make the difference in an open world game between a,
0: you know, a, a good,
1: immersive game versus a, you know, this is a big world but I'm bored. Like Sky, yeah. you can even say the same between Skyrim and Oblivion. Skyrim is packed full of mm. heaps of stuff to do <laughs> and and little things to find, and Oblivion while it's terrifying
2: walks. faces that come up really close to you and talk <laughs> yeah. to you. Oblivion has Andromeda faces before <laughs> Andromeda
1: was out. Uh, you know, it was a big world, but it was vastly empty compared to Skyrim. Um, oh, they
0: threw in portals everywhere that went to
1: yeah. one of oh. four or five
0: pre-built... Oblivion.
1: Bloody... Yeah. It's not hell, it's Oblivion. It's a different plane. It's us. Um,
0: <laughs> anyway.
1: There are some good indie games coming out. Was the one I watched? The Sexy Brutale sexy retail. ah yes
0: that looks that really good that looks
1: a, like a pretty cool mechanic like
0: what is the sexy retail you so you're playing
1: so you, you, you're playing, uh, you think...
0: obviously don't read articles on another dungeon do you <laughs> <laughs> I bet your team didn't even read about <laughs> it <at> another
1: dungeon. <laughs> no I, I watched it I watched a video on another YouTube channel um it's on our
0: YouTube channel is oh it oh my god you traitor
1: well it doesn't matter you can't get ad revenue because it's not your content um so, it, I think it <laughs> takes place in a mansion, but the, the, the basic premise from what I saw at the start is you, you wander around and you watch what's going on. At some point, something will happen. So, in this point, a character dies. And so, it's up to you to figure out how they die. And you can rewind time. So, you'll rewind back far enough to a point where you can stop it. And so, then you've got to search for a way to stop it. So, in this particular one, the person yeah. gets shot. And if you watch a couple of characters go around, someone throws out a blank cartridge which you can pick up, put in the gun, stop this person from getting shot. But it's a whole, you wander around from room to room as time goes by in real time. You can't stay in the same room as the murderer for too long. Um, but it
2: goes by in real time.
1: Yeah, yeah. so you you go by, you can follow the victim up until the point of their death, rewind time, and then... Oh, right trace someone else and then rewind to them so you can you're constantly so it's like playing S- out
2: Hitman but like you can follow yeah, the steps of the characters. Yeah, I think you're Majura's trying to stop mask people hitman. from dying.
1: Yeah. And, well it funny you mentioned Matura's mask. At the end of the demo I watched um the person they saved took their mask off, you took their mask and you got a new ability. Oh that's um, cool. and that's that's when they stopped playing. But the whole yeah the whole concept of it seems really clever. And it's that type of yeah small indie game that i like because the mechanics are different they're bringing something mm. to the table it's not mm. a hey here's a half-assed nostalgia throwback we made it 8-bit yay <laughs> yeah
0: definitely you there's play a, game as a that princess was very... stopping
2: a kingdom of evil
0: <laughs> there was a similar game on um ds i can't remember what it was where Ghost Trick, I, I think it think ends up comparing your, Yeah, Ghost Trick. That was yeah, it. Yeah, Ghost Trick. So and each time you change something in the day, different events unfolded, so you then had to follow that through, that that series of events, and keep going back and forth, yeah. and trying to find the right... Anyway, um, this sort of reminded me about that, and the sort of Groundhog Day, you know, repeating the mm. same day... Um, from doing different things etc etc well it's gameplay
2: that's um making use of the fact that of how games work like there's mechanics put in place around how npcs will interact and move and stuff and you as Mm. the player then following that and the game is built around the game running which i think is what makes it fun it's within the
0: systems clearly defined systems Mm. of the game and it you looks, should see how it looks too it looks all right, amazing I'll go look at the yeah,
1: stylistically it looks pretty cool too
0: so <laughs> <laughs> another sexy, brutal. slash sexy hyphy, brutal hyphy, physical hyphen release horphen aer- <laughs> April hyphen eleven what Good you should that? actually we're part of the hyphen brewers
2: podcast network that's hyphen du- um i just brews. go to another
0: dungeon com and search sexy brutal speaking <laughs>
1: speaking of indie games <laughs> yes um Someone and uh let me grab his name. <laughs> no, let's not grab Thanks. his let's not grab his name because that's bullying. So the creator the creative director, sorry, of Rhyme, uh, Paul um, Rubio. Sorry? Paul Ru- well, no, Rubio? No, that's bullying, that's cyberbullying. Sorry. Um, has recently gone back through two years of NeoGaf comments <laughs> about his game. So Does he not have a game to and,
2: develop?
1: <laughs> why has he got so much free time? Uh I don't know, and I don't know why he chose to do it now. But he went back through all these nasty comments, uh, and cried for two days straight. <laughs> so, yep. while it's kind of funny, it's also cyberbullying and also really cruel. Um, he said, and it's I not
0: cyberbullying. They weren't targeting him. Uh, well, look,
1: they could possibly have been. I didn't read through it. Um, it's it's interesting. He said that he would have stopped developing his game if. If he would have been reading it through the process, which is like that, would be pretty disheartening, especially if it's a you know most indie projects are passion projects, um, and to be crushed. But I guess if you're making a video game, you should understand that
2: what people on the internet are like mm. to a degree. I um, think these days you also have to understand like the culture of different websites. Um, it's my understanding that Neogaf has a really specific tone and oh, people yeah. have specific Very elitist. voices I've and elitist and they they also are in rival to 4chans V board um, is my understanding they're like two different camps of opinions about what makes good video game design so if you don't understand like some like the culture you won't understand like the in jerks or the cruelty that people take up because that's funny to that community um, which is unfortunate um, I've never been mean on the internet before. Um, but- no, nah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> my mama raised me why, right. But- <laughs> that's why my
1: Steam name is not a troll, because I'm not ever mean to anyone. Mine's Mr.
2: Nice Guy Fedora Wearer, 47. <laughs> at- <laughs> no, um, yeah, I don't know. I-, I guess you have to know that, but um, that sucks. If you're making a game and people tear it apart,
1: Yeah, that sucks. Especially because it's not even out yet. Like, if you make a game like No Man's Sky and people tear it apart, that's fair enough. But if you haven't even released it, and we're saying that um, a lot of people's opinions were based on a rumor started about a a press release video, I think.
0: Yeah, there was no. But don't forget that a lot of the footage that they were talking about that was legitimate.
1: Yeah, so the E3 footage. Uh, yeah, I it think, was what all, was, it? So, it was all
0: generated. It wasn't actual yeah. game. It was done up like gameplay, but it wasn't d- gameplay, and the reason for that was that Sony had only given the developers their dev kits for a set amount of time, so that's all they could that's all they could do. But However, they didn't present it as but you can't they get, presented it as gameplay footage. So, you can't get butthurt yeah. about that because that happens at E3
1: all the time. Yeah, just but look at ner- non Sky ner- and how g- <laughs> yeah. That was gameplay. It was just um, script- no, it wasn't. It was extremely it's not
0: scripted. gameplay. The world was hand built, not randomly generated. Anyway, um, onto some yeah, but for a, that sort of game, you'd probably I stack the deck when I do um, gameplay videos for, um, you know, teaching people how to play or showing what? people through a game. What you stack the deck? You heard it here what? first. <laughs> Scandal. Non- yeah. If I'm te- <laughs> non- so when you when you learn how to play <laughs> the Pokemon game, they've got a stacked deck. And they've got instructions, so it knows what cards you're getting next. So I don't think having a pre-built versus randomly generated world is a bad thing because it allows you to show off what you want to show off. Oh uh, what about when? But I mean, that's not features <laughs> don't make
2: it into. The yeah, fun that's game. different. Yeah, that's yeah, different. Which is what and the New Man's do...
0: guy did.
1: Yeah, and when you do a Watch Dogs and show something oh, yeah. very far, from that the first end trailer was amazing. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) on to some better news. It doesn't start good, but it ends good. Um, Hang on. Just before we leave off on that other one. No, it's too late. Go on. Go, go, Dave, quick. You're not on that often. All right, right, he's drinking. Um, So, I got sent an article by a friend. Esports community rallies behind a disabled CSGO player after being bullied. What happened initially was pretty bad. Um, There's this kid called Loop who plays CSGO and he's apparently really good, um, better than I'll ever be, but he's legally blind, like he plays right up against the monitor Um, I think he was streaming and he was just, in CSGO you make calls to your team about, you know, what you're gonna do and he's got a bit of a sort of lisp or a stammer or something Um, but he's quite easily understandable and his team made fun of him and then they bullied him and then kicked him from the team Oh, and gosh. it was pretty distraught. Was this um, a, like, competitive match? It was a competitive match, but not an esports match. Right. And then Jordan Gilbert, who is, uh, he's the leader of Cloud9's CSGO squad, so Cloud9's a pretty well-known esports team, reached out on Twitter and was like, can someone hook me up with this loop guy? And he got a whole bunch of professional esports guys to play with him and streamed it. And he had the time of his life. The whole nice. CSGO and esports community got behind him. Um, and apparently the article's just been updated. Apparently he's just been offered a streaming contract <laughs> with one of the teams. So Of
0: course he has.
1: Um, uh, look, I think it's it's a a very short stack of good news that you can pull out of professional gaming. And I think this is something good that's finally happened. And for a bunch of professionals that are, you know, trying to make esports legitimate, you know, trying to make, you know, video games an actual career, um, to have this sort of attitude, I think is, it's really refreshing to see, to be honest, on the internet. The internet's full of terrible people. But um, there are occasionally some good ones on there. Um, That is about all that I had for this week. What, did you guys have anything else to add?
2: Um, there was a new character announced for Arms. She has Noodle Arms, 10 out of 10 game Aww. of the year. Um, Splatoon 2 has a horde mode. Um, that's it. Hey, I saw I that. I saw the Nintendo news. That looks pretty good. You fight, Simon. Any news? more than Gears
0: has now. <laughs> <laughs> Gears has a horde mode still. Didn't they dump Gears, uh, horde mode from the latest one? No. Nah. Uh, no, they, d- it they, they dumped
2: they um split screen co-op and then they dumped actually playing no the they didn't all microsoft games on the new console none of you guys have your facts straight graphic demos
1: i actually own gears of war 4 <laughs> and have played split screen co-op with jackie and have played horde mode so you're both <laughs> very wrong <laughs> anyway <laughs> the come drop the gears facts, guys it's just war now <laughs> come come for the personalities and stay for the facts and one um, never changes <laughs> <sighs> right <laughs> on that note um any news on what's that good game Stardew Valley coming to switch um it's coming indefinitely like every switch game enjoyed well, in 2017 so <laughs> they've just they've just had their physical release which I think you got a map of the town or something with but we still have to wait till the Switch version, which has no release oh, date caught. for multiplayer. Uh, it might have a release date. Hang on.
0: <laughs> no, you can get multiplayer via a mod on uh, oh, PC yeah. now, can't you? Uh, apparently yeah. you can mod the
2: game. How'd so you will it delete down, your though? progress when it unmods? <laughs> Dunno. Um, anyway. We
1: are... Another dungeon. We are on the Wooshka website. Look it up. W <laughs> H. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the most half-assed
1: intro <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> w H W O S H K A A dot um, Whoosh. We are part of the Pod Bros Network. We are anotherdungeon.com We are anotherdungeon.com slash youtube, and it'll redirect you. We are at twitch dot tv slash another dungeon, which is where you're watching right now. Randall, hi Randall. Thanks, Randall. Hi Randall. Hi Randall.
2: Um, we love you, Randall. Mwah.
1: We are on iTunes. Where else are we? Ah, oh, we're at Another Dungeon on Twitter. We're facebook.com slash another dungeon. And we have an AD gamers group, which is open to everybody. Um, and uh, if you go to kickstarter.com
2: you can back our new kickstarter to bring back the original Defat podcast we're creating an all new nostalgic podcast experience uh, one of our stretch goals is we'll bring back Andy um, but only if you donate 500 million dollars which is the exact cost we need to develop this podcast that's a, that's exactly the amount of money we need to get the internet to pay. We will so talk Andy about nothing new. Up. We will rehash popular old topics like um,
1: What was the Super first Mario 3D World. <laughs> and... All we'll do is we'll re-record the Another Dungeon podcast under the Defap name.
0: <laughs> uh, so we'll just uh, grab grab the old Defap one and put one of those. Um... ABC radio filters over the top of it, so it sounds old. <laughs> uh,
1: thank you for listening, everybody. And join us next time when Dave drinks an entire bottle of vodka. Chug. chug I don't like chug, vodka. Chug. Why do <laughs> you keep saying
2: vodka?
1: It's um, penny whiskey. When, when Dave drinks an entire slab of UDL.
0: <laughs> you don't know my drinking habits very well. <laughs> when... Dave drinks a bottle of bleach straight from the, pro- the
2: toilet bowl. When Is this provided bleach? Yes, uh, sponsored. Uh, uh, I, it's in part see, of this month's bleach crate. For $30 a, a month, you can get bleach shipped straight with to dungeon. your house. For uh, for you get reason. Star Wars right, bleach. Only, Marvel bleach.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm only going to drink bleach if it's a YouTube sensation and it's called the bleach challenge. <laughs> the bleach challenge. Drink, drink to survive. <laughs>
1: uh please don't do that we do not endorse drinking bleach Um, or white supremacy no we don't in any way (laughs) shape or form the bleach Uh, challenge seriously Dave. if you are over the legal age in your country though
2: alcohol is okay go for it go nuts (laughs) don't die thanks for listening everybody and we'll catch you next time bye